Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and I have a wonderful gentleman here today, E.A. Surname, love? Sokovitz. Sokovitz. I would not do it justice if I tried to do it myself. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about overcoming adversity today and how we can gain our strength our wisdom, our courage, and our abilities from those diversities. And he's been through quite a number of himself. Um, his father was a, a milkman, and he, at the age of 16, he started his own business career on a commission sales business, selling janitorial services to business owners. At the age of 19, he met Sam Robbins, and uh, a millionaire businessman from Detroit, Michigan. And Sam took uh, EA into, under his wing and began to mentor him. And what a gift that was. Uh, he began working for Sam at the House of Holland Jewelers and Diamond Business, and he established a private grant meant to be a part of his uh, le legacy due to his lifelong uh, fight with diabetes. And due to this grant in 1980, Sam and ER began to formulate a heart healthy and wellness nutritional foods and drinks. And over the next 45 years, um, he was blessed to follow his business and personal achievements. And his personal achievements are quite a, a big deal. And now he started something else called the Givers University. <clears throat> and it's a place where it was founded in 91. It was envisioned as a place for like-minded givers to connect with each other. Now with the ability to connect globally, either online or on site or on campus, Givers University is a great way to join other members to Givers University worldwide community. And the community of givers who have adapted to the givers mindset are living the givers lifestyle and engaged in givers lifelong learning. The emphasis here is on giving, but when we give, we receive. And that is the beautiful gift of giving, isn't it? Welcome it's to curious. the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on your great podcast. And and I love your format. Your format is so excellent. And uh, I really appreciate the fact that uh, we have the opportunity to be able to share with your listeners. And, and we hope that today, and I hope today, that we really give them some great nuggets and usable things, things they can really use rather than just, you know, some innocuous or nebulous references that maybe others have heard before, but some real tangible things. Uh, and first things first, I, I appreciate... Uh, how you handled my last name because <clears throat> usually when people see that they you know there's usually because they look at it and they say there shouldn't be that many consonants in a row before a vowel and and it throws them off but that's okay because until i was 12 years old i thought my name was go chop wood so you know what's the difference but <laughs> so so ea works and i appreciate the, you handled it just the way you did that was great because <clears throat> usually there's a lot of, you know long pause and, yes yes you know, well that's why serve the ball back over to you. You can honor your name better than I can, that's for sure. <laughs> but the Givers University is definitely one that's very easy to, uh, to talk about. And, uh, you know, I love the, the title of it. It's a... <coughs> Excuse me. That's okay. We are taught that in order to give, there must be some form of give back. And if we actually do give of ourselves, of our gifts, of, of positivity, we receive back so much more than what we anticipated. So it's a beautiful name, Givers University. Um, we're going to be talking about your life and your adversities and everything else, but I want to talk about the Givers University right now. Great, thank you. Uh, and I'd love to do that. And one of the things that we like to mention, first of all, is that we genuinely teach something that's just not being taught today. And, uh, and, and I'm a self-improvement person. I could tell you are too, Sarah. And, uh, and, and I'm sure many of your listeners are. And you know, I commit a, an hour a day to self-improvement. But there's a part that is not being taught that's so critical. And I would ask your listeners a thought-provoking question. Think about the fires today that you stamped out. 
Think about the times today that your stress levels spiked. Think about the times today where you you might have had a conversation with someone and you didn't you don't even remember what the conversation was about other than at the end of the conversation you felt like all your energy had just been drained out of you and you're not even sure why. And and so we teach something and here's what we teach is real is really straightforward and that is the difference between givers and takers and how to discern them, mm-hmm. right? So now first, let me reference, we love everybody. Mm-hmm. I emphatically state, we love everybody. And at Givers University, we teach people how to discern and separate the person who we love from their deeds, which we may not love. Right. And then when we see certain things, and not only when we see things, but what to look for, with specificity, specifically look for these things. And if you see these things, you may want to think about moving this person closer into your life as a part of your giver community. If you see these other things, you may want to think about respectfully distancing yourself Mm -hmm. because you might be starting to become unwilling and unwitting what we call collateral damage. So so much is being taught about how important we are, we as individuals should be. And that's great. I'm into that. I love it. But no one's teaching about what if the other guy's doing it wrong and how does that impact us? You're right. And how do we, and how to discern, not in a nasty way and how to be, you know, the, you know, and judgmental because we don't judge people. We look at their deeds. So when we use the term, Sarah, giver, we're labeling the deeds as a giver, not the person themselves. And we're labeling, when we say taker, we're not labeling a person, we're labeling the deeds of those person. And we teach people to make the discerning that's not happening today. God, our our world is so fast. Businesses are opening and closing faster than ever before. Um, Products are coming out and then being antiquated faster than ever before. And we're so fast that no one's teaching how do you discern? How do we how do we think about who do I want to have around me mm-hmm. and closer and why? And what should I look for? More importantly, what should I be looking for specifically? And what are the things when I see these things, these may be things, these deeds, I may not want to become part of that collateral damage. So what we reference, Sarah, is that 20% of the population are givers. That means you put these people, Sarah, in any given situation, doesn't matter what it is, in a short period of time, they will start contributing to it. They'll start giving to it. They'll start investing it. They'll start helping it. They're builders. They're givers. That's what they do. These are the 20% of the population we want to pull in close when we properly identify them. Mm -hmm. By contrast, the other extreme, the Grand Canyon extreme, Mm -hmm. is the takers who within a short period of time, we'll begin to think of ways to take from the situation or the person spiritually, mentally, morally, monetarily, emotionally. emotionally. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, the list goes on because takers bring with them what we call the three Ds. The three Ds of takers are defeatism, mm-hmm. disruption, mm-hmm. and destruction. Mm-hmm. Takers always carry with them the seeds of their own destruction. And what happens is that since we're not being taught today how to discern what are the things to look for specifically, I mean, these specific things, when you look for these, begin to respectfully, not nasty, but respectfully distance yourself from those persons because they're going to bring with the three Ds whether you want it or not. Hence, we'll be stomping out fires. And when we're stomping out these fires, where ha- what happens to our productivity? Out the window. What happens to our stress level? It goes straight up. What happens to our happiness level? It goes down. So part of what we do is we're actually sharing with your listeners the key points, Sarah, that you bring about, which is one of the reasons I love your podcast, is you talk about liberating people, mm-hmm. liberating them, and helping them become more free. And part of that freedom is having the right people around us. Because they will put us in what I identify in the third book, and we can talk about how each of the three books came about, mm-hmm. the six virtual prisons that people carry around with them, and they end up in prison. They don't realize they're yes. in a virtual prison. So that's a little bit about Givers University. We teach that. We have online courses and uh, audio uh, lessons that are, you know, and uh, so, and, and we, but this is the, the cornerstone 
through this series of books called Give to Be Great. It's three books. Uh, first one's The Giver's Mindset, and that book and course are how do givers think differently than takers? They have a different mindset. Uh, and by the way, if you notice with the math, I did 20% were givers, 20% were takers. Well, there's 60% left. Who are they? Yeah. Those, those are what we call fencers. Yes. They're fencers because they sit on the fence. Uh, they act like givers when they're with givers. They act like takers when they're with takers. Yeah. They can be great relationships, but we've got to keep an eye on them and we need to properly manage them. Givers, you don't need to manage. They're wired the way they are, right? So what we what we do is we teach people, how do you do this so that your productivity skyrockets and you're not putting out fires? How do you do this so your stress level goes plummets and you're more happy and tranquil and not feeling like you just got all the energy sucking right out, out of you. you. Yeah, literally. I mean, literally. And 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 so we teach people, and and they inevitably they start saying, "Man, I just feel so much better every day because I, you know, I, I be, began to respectfully distance myself from a person who I never really thought of as a taker." And remember, not labeling the person. We love everybody, yeah. but we're labeling their deeds. Yeah. And when we're discerned their deeds, we can now, and as we say. Givers earn three times more because they discern three times more. We teach people how to discern. And when we're discerning, we now can have our life and productivity and happiness level. And we really can be liberated, again, as a nod to your podcast. It's so important that we do that. So that's uh, sort of Givers University, if you will, which came about really uh, you know, through my mentors trainings and through my defeats in my life. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go into um, the algorithm of life. What you feed is what will grow. And we're an all-in algorithm. The energy attracts energy. And if you're going to be that disruptor, um, that delusionist, which is where that disruption, the defeatism and everything comes from. Yeah. Um, if you're feeding that, that is what will grow. If you're feeding possibilities, even if you don't know what those possibilities are, or how to get about them, but you believe in them. You believe in the optimism of life, that there's always a solution. You believe in the people that are making the difference and you want to be a one of them. That energy will beget that energy. And the, there you have that wonderful soil in which to grow your own seeds. And then just allow and see what grows because then that becomes your meaningful purpose. Um, you know, we, we, we can't help those that are unwilling to help themselves. And if somebody's still in that 3D um, environment, it is up to them at some point to choose that I don't like living like this anymore. And I want to change. Uh, I have a kind of a 12 inch ruler, which I know people don't go by inches anymore, but you know, <laughs> 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 I'm an we inch person. <laughs> You know, it is the the six to twelve are the people that have chosen to live on different levels of positivity. They have chosen to feed what is possible. Your four to sixes are those people that are on the fence that are wanting to grow into that level, but they've got to go through their transitions to get there, to get to that point where they can immerse themselves into it. The one to threes are the piranhas, the three deers, uh, and those piranhas watch those four to sixes and go, oh, they've just got enough energy before they leap. <laughs> Let's suck the life right out so of them. So well said, so well said. And so we've got to be very mindful when we are in our own self-discovery, our own healing, our own choice to, to be that positive giver of who we're around, because who we're around is either going to propel us forwards or suck the life out of us. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and <coughs> boy, what, you, you've, that was some great nutshelling right there. That was <laughs> at the, uh, what can I say? At the, uh, and one of the things that's very important is that with those three Ds, when we say destruction, takers always bring with them the seeds, because you had mentioned seeds. They always bring with them the seeds of their own destruction. Yes. Not sometimes, always. Now, by contrast, a, gave, a, a giver understands every adversity carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. 
And when we look at adversity that way, and one of the things my business mentor, uh, when I met him, he began to teach me how to relabel things that were happening in my life because I was basically the son of a milkman. You know, uh, from there I moved myself all the way up to a much higher position of a janitor, and so I mean it was. And, and I had I, a pause, pause. Yeah, I, I want to interject something there. Yes. When you're going into a corporation, and you're going to get into that elevator, going up to that CEO's office. If that place is dirty, your mindset automatically is that these people don't care. So the janitor is the very first person that lays the foundation of how you're going to perceive something. And very, uh, very underrated people and when we should be praising a great deal more. Well, I appreciate that. And I didn't mind being a janitor because business was always picking up. Yes. What? What? Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> And never ending, that's for sure. Yes, it was. And, and, and uh, so, and, and because of that, with my uh, my business mentor, I had, actually, if I share with you a story that of how I met a really amazing person that really impacted my life and, and helped edify for me how I really did have a different mindset. I had a janitor's mindset uh, and a milk son of a milkman mindset, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the, with the janitorial service I was with, and I'm 16 years old at the time, and uh, we, I was able to be bonded, which means I could be insured, and because was, it was a very expensive home. And the home that I cleaned once a week was that of June Martino, who had the third most controlling stock of McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, if, you've, if you've ever seen the movie, uh, The Founder with Michael Keaton, um, that, that's very Hollywoodized, but he references there, Ray Kroc is talking to June all the time, who's secretary, that's her. That's not really her, it's an actress, but that was the lady, right? And, uh, and, and she has the third most controlling stock at McDonald's. And she saw me every week. I mean, I was in her home cleaning and she, you know, she very nice, you know, always very approachable and I said hello and, you know, that kind of thing. And so she knew who I was and I could tell one day she was in an extra good mood. I thought, this is the day. So I went up to her and I'm a 16 year old snot nosed little kid, if you will. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, and, and I, and I went after her and I said, I said, uh, June, uh, and she like looked at me and I said, can I ask you a question? She goes, sure, what, you know? And I said, uh, how, how did it all happen? And she looked at me and said, well, what do you mean? And I said, McDonald's. She put her arm around me, brought me in the kitchen and the entire day told me the entire story from beginning all the way through current Ooh, from her own words. And, 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 the, and the things, and the things, the things that were not in the movie and the movie, there was many, you know, events that were referenced, uh, but it was very Hollywoodized. And for the most part, Ray wasn't the way it was portrayed. That was, you know, Hollywood drama. Right. And, uh, but, but, drama but the, <laughs> and, and I lived right there. I lived in the suburb of Oak Brook, which is where the McDonald's World Headquarters was. So I saw this phenomenon when I was growing up as it was growing too, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so she t- June told me, and then she said there was a time, and they referenced this in the movie, uh, where Ray couldn't afford to pay her. They had more money going out than coming in. So they made a deal between them that he, Ray would take all of her bill collector phone calls and he would pay her instead of money in worthless company stock. <laughs> and because the company was worthless, it literally was, it was underwater, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said, June, I, you know, and I said, man, I, I got to tell you, I'm a janitor and I get paid on Friday. If I don't get that paycheck Friday, I'm not showing Saturday. I mean, I need that paycheck. I'm paycheck. Why did you do it? And I could tell Sarah, I asked her a question that no one else had ever asked her. And she right. looked right at me, eyeball to eyeball. And I could tell she left. I mean, she was, her mind was, yeah, why did I do that? And her <laughs> answer, not only what she said, but the way she said it made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. I'll, I'll never forget the way she said it. So I said, June, why did you do it? And then after this pause, that was probably 10 seconds and seemed like a half an hour, she said the following, because I believed in Ray. And, and I thought my instant, my instant thought was, I gotta find me a Ray Kroc. I've gotta find someone that I could believe in that much that could teach me because I'm a janitor, right? And, and, and I need to find a mentor, someone that can take me under their wing that could teach me the ins and outs and teach me all these things because I don't know what they are and no one in my immediate family does either, you know? And it wasn't a couple months later, I met my Ray Kroc, who was my business mentor, Sam Robbins. So, you, you know, you, Literally. Just, you had projected that um, energy out there, <clears throat> that invitation. 
and that That's you know exactly synergy right. of those energies met um you know talking about believing in someone is um i got involved with backing an electric motor now mm. i had absolutely no understanding how this motor worked it was a one of a kind it was um very quantum physics um it was apparently never should never been able to be done because of the scale of it and and what was used and but when the person was describing it to me as i said it went over my head you know um of what it was but it was i know it needs to be done and i believe in it i believe in him being able to do it and i backed it and and he did it the short end of the story was is that we ended up getting taken because we got the wrong people around us and we got caught up in 2008 and and uh, yeah the takers the takers sucked the life out of us and literally sent us down the tube and but what happened is the motor never materialized any further but the the quantum physics of the motor ended up going into a um a different program altogether of um which now microsoft has taken uh, mm-hmm. and and used as artificial intelligent building mm-hmm. um of course i don't see any benefits of that but it it lived on in a different way and mm-hmm. it was because people say but you, know, you don't know anything about a motor why the hell are you doing this and they said because i know i'm meant to back this person i believe in what they're doing and everything mm-hmm. everybody he showed it was that's not meant to be possible and and that's the thing sometimes you get that gut feeling you don't know why but you just know you have to do it you just have to allow it to happen and yes no it ended up bankrupt me and i had to start all over again and i've never completely recovered from that financially i've recovered from that abundantly by finding my own path my own motor so to speak in what i'm doing today so even when we get those things that are disastrous and that leap of faith it's not the end of everything it could be the beginning of something else it almost always is Um, because every adversity (laughs) carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit and it's up to us to see that and one of the things my business mentor taught me was how to relabel failure he said Mm. don't use the word failure he Uh, said because it has almost it, it almost has an eternal ring to it. Yes. He said, label things as temporary defeats. Yeah. He said, there's nothing wrong with the temporary defeat. And he said, if you get tackled, that's okay. He said, because when you look at it closely, you'll realize when you got tackled, uh, tackled you just got a first down. And he mm-hmm. said, and you're back in the game. He yes. said, so, and, and how I met my business mentor was directly relatable. As you said, I put it out there and I said, yeah, I've got a crack. So we got a phone call in the janitorial service late at night. And only the boss and I are there. And he says, uh, just got a phone call. A guy's opening a diamond business. Uh, at, he's opening an office here. He's from Detroit, Detroit area. And he's opening up in the Chicago area. And uh, they need to see some carpeting. And I said, and he said, he has to do it tonight because he's leaving tomorrow on the plane. I said, oh, I don't have time. I said, Jerry, I already punched out. You know, there's a time clock, right? I said, I punched out already. I'm done. I, I'm not going to go. He said, I'll tell you what, I have to stay here. If you'll go, I'll give you any Saturday off that you want. Now that was that was a big bargaining chip there yeah. because for a janitor businesses are closed on Saturday so that's a big cleaning day right so and I and I said okay I can have any Saturday I want off and he said yep any Saturday I said okay so I went in and I punched back in now what's interesting about this era is I'm getting ready to meet the man who will change my life and I'm doing it begrudgingly. <laughs> And it's a a testament how be aware because Mm. when we're more discerning, some of the most life-changing things will occur to us in that most seemingly insignificant moment. We don't know. We don't know until it's revealed. And I went there and I met this guy and I, I felt like I knew him before and he felt like he knew me. And we, we, we had this great immediate bond and conversation and I, he, I showed him the carpeting and then what we had just commercial grade. And he wanted something really plush for a diamond store. So that was out the door. So I was leaving and, but we had a great conversation. And as I'm leaving, he offered me a job and I said, man, I don't know. I do a diamond. I said, I'm a janitor. I said, all I know about a diamond is one, they're expensive. And two, someday a woman's going to ask me for one. That's all I know about diamonds. That's it. He said, well, I'll teach you. I, said, I don't know. I said, I'm all set. I'm a janitor. My life's all set. 
people can make messes and I can pick it up. And that's uh, so I, I, I'm all set. And as I and I real and I don't I knew later on how good he really was that he knew the next thing he said was going to bother me. As I was leaving, he said, what do you have to lose? You can yeah. always go back being a janitor. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, no, I'm all set. And I left. And I got about halfway home and the whole time it's bothering me. It's grinding on me. I said, man, he's right. I can always go back to Jenner. And, and, and so I get about halfway home. I said, all right, I'm going to find out what he meant. So I, I turned around. I thought, oh, he's going to be already at the airport. It's close to midnight now. Mm -hmm. And he's still there. He's still at the office. And I said, well, what do you have in mind? So one thing led to another and he became my business mentor. And, and for the next four months, and see, one of the things we teach at Givers University is do the thing to get the thing. Mm -hmm. Do not the thing, get not the thing, but get something else. <clears throat> if you want to do the thing, if you want to get a thing, whatever that is, and it doesn't have to be material possession, you have to be willing to do the thing that's required. Mm -hmm. And so for the next four months, I got in the car at four in the morning on Saturday morning, drove all the way to Detroit, which is 301 miles exactly. I had a six hour meeting with him, got back in the car and drove all the way home did all that in the same day, every single weekend and never missed a weekend for four months in a row. Mm -hmm. And, and I could, and because of that, because I realized this man, he was happy. He was prosperous. He had the things I wanted because back then I was, I, I was thinking backwards even still, because I thought if I got rich, I want to get rich and then I can be happy. Right. Well, of course, of course, that's backwards. Yes. First, we need to be happy. Then we're going to be rich. And uh, and and but at that point, I, you know, I'm 16 years at that point, 18. And I'm thinking, man, I just boy, if I had a lot of money, I I could be happy if I had a lot of money, right? And uh, and I mean, he took me under his wing. And then from that, actually, and I started a training company along with another gentleman while I was being mentored. And that brought me to my first major defeat and a betrayal that led me to ultimately writing the first book called The Giver's Mindset of the Three Book Course. Mm. Would you like me to share that? Yes. And how that happens? <laughs> well, this is, yeah, uh, this is, I mean, you probably won't remember these things, but I remember years ago, they had a thing called a voice answering machine that sat on your desk. I'm noticing gray it, hairs, my dear. Yeah, of course no, I, I remember I, that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably older than you. And, I, <laughs> and, I, and on, the, on the left side was an outgoing message on a little cassette for tape. Mm. And then on the right side was all the incoming messages yes. on a cassette tape. And that was 60 minutes long. So I left home, put my machine on. And my machine also was voice actuated. That meant as long as someone talked, it would keep recording, you know, whatever their message was. Right. So, and, and back then when someone called you on the phone, you could hear if they had call waiting or call conferencing, you could hear a beep in the background when someone was ca calling the person you were talking to. It'd go beep, beep. And you knew someone was calling them. My business partner in this training company, not my mentor, my business mentor was leaving me a message and I could hear he was getting a call in. I heard the little beep in the background, right? Because I came home and the whole the whole tape is used up and I was only gone an hour and a half. I thought, <laughs> I thought you know, the tape's 60 minutes. I thought oh, some kids got a hold of this and they were playing with it because sometimes they would, right? No, it wasn't. So my my partner, 50-50 partner in this training company, which was doing very well, we were training for other firms, had multiple offices, and he, and, uh, he was leaving me a message, getting a call in, and he hit the receiver on his phone so fast and said hello, that he put my machine on call conferencing and recorded the whole next conversation. On what was that conversation? While I was gone. <laughs> they went through step by step the entire plan of how they were going to take over the company and kick me out. Da, and da, I had 50% ownership. I had 50% ownership. And you have so proof. let me tell let me and let me tell you what what you know when you hear it in their words, mm -hmm. that's way different than third party. Oh I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm hearing in their words. And I'm thinking, oh man, and you know the emotional up roller coaster, you know, the, I just you know the I had no in zero indication this was happening because I didn't know what to look for. So right. it, so I got blindsided. And because of this event, uh I, I, I got my thoughts together and I thought, yeah, my business mentor, he, he did teach me, don't let my emotions rule my intellect mm -hmm. because then I'm reacting. Yes. Have my intellect rule my emotions, then I'm responding. Mm -hmm. 
It's like in the medical community, if they give you a, a, a prescription as an example, as an example, uh, if you're reacting to it, that's not good. Right. If you're responding to it, you're doing better. Right. So I always said, respond, don't react, right? And use your intellect to do that. So I got myself together after a sleepless night. I said, well, clearly I don't want him as my partner. I mean, there's no way, you know, I didn't even come up with the term taker or any of that kind of thing yet. I just knew he was not the kind of person I wanted. So I said, Jim, you have to buy me out. We've got seven days to do it. I'm going to do something with my business mentor, which was factual. And I said, we have seven days. I'm leaving. So you have to buy me out. I did get a couple payments on the company. And quite candidly, I thought they were gifts when I got them. I didn't even expect those. And here's the amazing thing about all of this. Number one, I never, ever told him the recording happened. Ever. Never told him. He has since passed on. He never knew. And the next year, my income was twice the previous year. And that next year, he filed for personal bankruptcy, business bankruptcy, got divorced. And I saw him at an amusement park at a distance. And he didn't see me, but I saw him. I knew who he was. I knew it was him. He looked like he had aged 20 years. And, I, and because of my teachings from my business mentor to you know, have the right mindset and be responsive, not reactionary. I rose up in this defeat while he brought with him his three defeats, yes. his three Ds, defeatism, disruption, and destruction. They were all there and total absolute destruction there's in an, all parts of well, his life. There's another D there, deceit. Yeah, oh, for sure, and, for sure. You know, and that's karma, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, you reap what you sow. And yep. he fed the wrong energy and, and uh, it piranhaed him. And, and as a result, my life went up. And, yep. that and that caused the, really the writing of the first book called The Giver's Mindset. You know, how do givers think? There's a way that givers think that manifests in their deeds. Mm. And there's a way that takers think that manifests in their deeds. And when we identify the deeds, which is what we're labeling, not the person, and so in the, in the first course, as an example, we have what are called the, the six arrows, the six arrows that takers shoot at you. And unless you realize that these arrows are coming at you, you, you feel nothing but pain and stress all day and you don't realize you're getting hit, you're getting shot at all day long. Yeah. And, and what are the 25 do's? There's 25 specific things that givers do. There's 25 specific deeds that takers do. And when we see these, mm -hmm. that helps us discern. So part of the writing of this book was for me to get my head around so that this kind of, this particular thing didn't happen before. And uh, that was my first big, uh, my first big defeat in life. And I have to tell you, it was a, it was an awesome blessing uh, yes. because I was able to learn and grow on it. We see that wasn't a failure because a failure is when you get crippled by something and you fall and crumble. It is a redirect. It was a lesson learned. You know, you look at a child learning to walk, how many times are they going to fall flat on their ass before they get it right? Um, if they gave up, they would never walk. <clears throat> so, you know, failure to me is when you give up and you no longer try. Um, falling and getting up, learning, redirecting, uh, taking what you've learned and reapplying is, is to me, is, is courage, is strength and is knowledge. And, and the ability to relabel those things when they're happening. Yes. Uh, you know, because the, the label that we put on, and, and uh, again, in the first course, we teach about self-talk and the important, you know, the, literally it's been proven and scientifically studied the, the thousands of conversations we have with ourselves every day, mm. not every week or month. Every day we're labeling events and circumstance and, and, and things around us. And these labels give us an interpretation inside. And when we realize that we can relabel these things and reframe them, mm -hmm. we, we, we can adjust our mindset. And then we ha what happens with our productivity goes up. You're re-energizing them. Down. Exactly right. And, yeah. and, not, and, and those things, the deeds of takers were not, buying into those and making those stronger, but actually we're just sort of distancing ourselves so that we don't become what we call collateral damage because that's what happens. We're not being defined by them. Yeah. You right. know, very often they have that power to kind of 
you know, lord over you, the way that they do it, and it is is redefining you by demeaning you, um, you know, uh, breaking you down, uh, hitting your your own self esteem, and that is one of the ways they get their power, their manipulation over you, and if you are uh, you know, self-empowered because you've done that work to face your own demons and you've done that work to to embrace your own beautiful flawsomeness, then they aren't going to have the power over you. You're also going to be able to recognize them faster and you're going to be able to be, you know, that discernment of who is around you. So that work that we need to do on ourselves and living from an inside out and that love that we need to have for ourselves is the love that we're going to bring to everyone else. So we have to be willing to do that work, don't we? Yes, we should do. And you, and you bring up a really, really germane point um, that's so important in being a giver. And I share with people, this is how you give. When you're through giving, give. And when you're through giving, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and, and, and 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 here's the important part because you 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 mentioned it uh, that when you are a giver, people may take advantage of you, but you are never diminished. No, and we teach people that you they expect it. Expect people to take advantage of you, but you're never diminished because they took advantage of you. They're diminished because what'll happen is you will get that back from another person, yes. from another circumstance, another event in another way that will come back to you. So in truth, truth be told, that person never really took advantage of you. They took advantage of themselves. Why? They lost the relationship. Yes. And and so th that's why we, we, we start teaching people that. Don't because they say, I'm afraid to give because what if they take advantage of me? Mm -hmm. They're going to. That's what they do. They're takers. Yeah. But when we discern we can begin to respectfully distance ourselves so that that doesn't happen as frequent. And when they do, you can, that's what they do. That's their job. They're takers. And, and, and that's what they do. So when they do their taking deeds, if you will, keep giving and then respectfully distance yourself. And then you'll see all those things you did will come from another source, an unrelated person. So expect that they're going to take advantage of you but you're never diminished by being the giver. And right. that's where the sticky wicked comes in because people think ah, they're gonna take advantage of me. And I, you know, I'm, and no, it doesn't work that way. And that's really not the result of what's happening. Do you agree? I agree. And you know, that the gift that I was given, yes, I became bankrupt or living out of my car and lost everything. And yes, I was in a, in a transition there for a period of what do I do? You know, can I save this? Is there anything that I have any power to do? And, and my partner at that time said, I can't continue with this. And so he, he went in a different direction, which I was still his muse for a long time. I was still his, his, um, his igniter, even in the direction that he went in. But I realized it was leaving me behind. So what was I going to do? I suffered from depression. I wrote an article on it. And when I'm in depression, I've got to do something positive for someone else. Otherwise, I, I can't live with myself. Somebody read that article, looked at my site and the work that I was doing and said, come along and be, you know, host on my network. Well, I didn't even know what a podcast was at that time. And so I thought, okay, I don't know if I can do this. Let's do it. Let's see. I did 13 months with them live. Great learning great training ground and then started my own network which is almost eight years now i'm where i'm meant to be doing what i love you know i'm an advocate for all those wonderful people who have gone through the process of life and now sharing the skills the tools the knowledge the inspiration who are giving back to society i never would have been in my true path had i not had that redirect now the redirect at the time felt catastrophic but you know, it, you don't know from where it's going to come. That's and the thing sure. is, allow, don't, you know, don't dictate. I think one of the worst things people can do is dictate how things should be. You can have a structure about you that you follow or that is your guidance system, but allow things to materialize, allow things to happen and then respond to them because that's really where the gift is. And we're, we're very much in this goal orientated. You've got to be here by this and by then, and you've got to be earning this and you've got to be that. And it's like, no, you don't have to be. 
That is societal's expectation. Be the beautiful abundance you really are in your own self-discovery, in your own beautiful instrument, and then join the orchestra that's going to make a difference in life. Um, be exploratory and allow, because that's really where you will find your true calling and your true path and truly be the gift of giving to others in your beautiful light. And and the next, thank you for sharing that. And, when, and the next phrase I'm gonna say, when I say it to people, half of the people go cross-eyed on me. But I say, when you really understand, and, and see, there's a difference between education and wisdom. Oh, yes. I can tell you, I can tell you, I've met a lot of educated idiots. Oh, God, I mean, oh, yes. it's just, they have all this education and have no idea what to do. No with, wisdom. And no wisdom. No wisdom to know what because, the knowledge is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I share with people, yeah, wisdom is knowing, when you have the education, that's great, but wisdom is knowing what to do and when to do it. And, Thank you. Uh, you know, and, and, and all these people have all this, you know, education and learning and everything. And, and they're, in my opinion, they're, they're just idiots. They don't have the wisdom because, and part of it is it's just not taught, you know, they're, because yeah. they're moving so fast, everything's so fast today. And, and the, the phrase that I mentioned to people, I said, when we really understand how all of this works, we can actually begin to put our arms around and embrace defeat. Mm -hmm. And, and when, we, when someone can do that, when you can put your arms around it and embrace it, it no longer has control over you. Right. And, and you have just, you have right then become what we call in Givers University, an overcomer. You have overcome whatever that defeat was. And now you've turned it, relabeled it, and now it's a stepping stone. And so many times in life, as I know you know, Sarah, so many times we find our calling on the road we were on to avoid it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So everybody's so busy being on the highway. There's it's actually the side road that you meant to take, <laughs> right? When you broke down and you had to find for a little place, that was the road you were meant to be on. You know, you you hit the nail on the head with the wisdom and the knowledge. And I, I've got a saying: is that that gut instinct? I call that the divine wisdom that then resonates with the heart and truth and it goes to spirit into action and the mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it and that is the knowingness and that is how to use the head intellect with the heart wisdom heart and soul wisdom and part of that is the way we live yes. and, and when we employ it in our lives and and, and really that's what brought about the second book called The Giver's Lifestyle was having it be brought about from a second defeat. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, if I can share the story, I think mm -hmm. uh, it might be something uh, of value for your listeners to, to, to have them say, wow, that was me, or I could really appreciate when that happens. Yeah. So I, I built a business with my business mentor and was doing very well, uh, very, very blessed. That in 1989, in the ripe old age of 33 years old, so old. that was the that I know. So <laughs> at, at, at that was the first year in my life that in, in personal income, not business income, but personal income after taxes, I had a million dollars left over. Wow. I literally earned a million dollars after tax, after I paid my taxes that year. And I was I had two corporate aircraft. I became a commercial pilot to fly myself. I had two of my own planes. I had my own my own personal limo and a full-time valet driver living like he was King Midas, thinking there's no end to all this. It's going to last forever and ever and ever and how great this really is. And uh, I had my, the president of that company, I was paying him as his income a million dollars a year. We bought him as his company car, his company car, a Silver Spur Rolls-Royce. <laughs> And I thought, well, we're really taking care of this guy. And then, Sarah, we learned and I learned about something, and it's one word. It's called greed. Oh, yes. Mm. Holy mackerel. This man, and he was president of the company. And he thought, man, I, you know, a million, I, sh I should be making. And by the way, this is 1989. Yeah. So in today's dollars, that's well over $2 million. You know, so that's a decent income every year. And, uh, you know, after tax. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't enough. The greed had kicked in. He felt he could have a fleet of limos. And, uh, you know, and I deserved to build, even though Sam and I built this company, and we were the only two people staring at each other at the very beginning. He felt he could do his thing, right? That's what happens when greed kicks in, they get blinded. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it did, it took him over and become an assumption. And because of his position, 
he was able to do many, many things for us an extended period of time covertly. Yes. And we were not able to realize it because I didn't know what to look for. And over time, he literally, every one of those things I mentioned were gone. They were gone because I didn't know what to look for. I, my, my, and, and you were in trust. You were in trust. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and figured, you know, as a million dollars a year, that's gotta, you know, that's where he would, he could never, where's he going to be satisfied with that. And then some, you know, Yeah. and, uh, you know, and so long and short of it is, uh, that brought about the second defeat. And and that also caused me to write the second course in Givers University in the second book called the Givers Lifestyle. In other words, there's 30 habits 30 specific habits that you can see someone do when you see these habits over and over again, you may want to pull these people in closer to you and build what we call your giver community around you. And by contrast, there's 30 habits that takers do. And when you see these habits, not one time, not two times. And and, and the thing that people find that they really appreciate is we're very, very specific and very, very detailed. These are the things you look for. These are the actual deeds that are going to help you become discerning. Um, Red flags. And, and I can give you just a couple of them as little mm-hmm. nuggets for your listeners, if you will, of the 30 habits, right? Uh, one of the 30 habits of takers. Remember, we're not labeling people. We're labeling their deeds. They eliminate or lower the vibration of a person or a group. Yep. In other words, uh, this is the person that brightens up a room by leaving it. Yes. <laughs> this is the person that after yeah. you talk with them on the phone, yeah, yes. I know. Aren't you, and you're talking with someone else, you say, oh, aren't you glad they left? Oh, oh God, yeah, that was yeah. exhausting. I know. You, na- you hate to ask this person, how are you doing? Because the next hour conversation is gonna mm-hmm. be dreadful, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So, they, so when you see a person who constantly eliminates or lowers what we call the rate of vibration of the group or a person. That's one of the habits, especially if they're not having a bad day, but they do it over and over again. Right. See, it's a habit. They're doing it over and over. Yes. Also, they like the attention uh, they get from it. That's right. Pity party, right? Yes. They're trying to, they're trying to invite everyone to their pity party and yeah. no one really wants to go. <laughs> and, and, and the second, well, another little nugget, if you will, one of the habits is takers keep their word for short durations and breaks their promises quickly. By contrast, a giver treats their word as a vow. They treat their word as an oath. I gave you my word. Here's the difference, Sarah. A taker can be counted. A giver can be counted upon. Big difference. So when, when, when you see a person that very quickly just says yes to sort of walk away. And you see how fast they make agreements, never intending to keep them. And so what happens is (laughs) we constantly are putting out fires because we have to second guess whether they really meant what they said or not. Right. So when the action is, you know, is, it's really where the intention is, right? (laughs) Yeah. So when we see them over and over again, breaking their word, not treating their word as their word, not treating their word as their bond, uh, that would, if they do it over and over again, that's one of the 30 habits of takers. Now, wouldn't it be useful to have literally a two page checklist that goes through that says, look for these. And there's actually 60 habits because there's 30 Mm -hmm. we teach of givers and 30 we teach of takers. And, uh, and by the way, we, and and at at the end of the podcast, I'd love to be able to share if we could, your, your audience, a great quiz they can go to because by doing the quiz, they're going to get a great assessment, but also we're going to give them some free things like, uh, you know, they're going to get the 25 do's that takers do and that givers do and to be watchful for and the six arrows we're going to give them. Why? We have to walk our talk. Yeah. We have to make, and as givers, we want to make sure that our talk and our walk and that our walk talks louder yes. than our talk. Yeah. Our I, walk has to talk the loudest. I have a word every year that is kind of my governing word and my word this year is actionism. There is no more talk for uh, talking. It is about action now. So last year was contemplation because it was reviewing our lives, you know, especially with COVID, stop, slow down, look at your life, is it where you want to go? And this is the uh, actionism, whether it's just seeding or actually 
you know, picking and harvesting, it is about action. And that actually, I feel is um, very much a giver is somebody that actually acts on what they say they're going to do. You know, I, I've come across many of the talkers and they're eloquent and they're bedazzling. But when it comes to follow through, they've forgotten you. Very well said. Very well said. Uh, and, and again, there's the distinction because, mm. uh, you know, and, and when we look, when we know what to look for, when we learn what to discern, and that's why it's so important to learn these skills, uh, because then what happens is when someone has these skills, they're heads up above everyone else because no, really a lot of people, they don't, they don't have this awareness level. They don't realize. And uh, like in the third course, we have a third book, which is called Giver's Life Learning, came about from my third major defeat. But we teach the the six prisons that people get in. And these are virtual prisons. And when someone sees the six, six list, they go, oh man, I could see that. You know, I, I could see that I'm in that prison. And, and these are virtual prisons they carry around with them. Yeah. And because they're in these prisons and they've never learned, we teach them how to do what's called the data reset, D-A-T-A, -A, declare and turn around. What is the thing to reset? Uh, because someone thinks, you know, they say, well, you know, what if I'm a taker? I feel I'm a taker, and, you know, and because we teach these dues and they say, you know, I, I looked at myself and I can sort of see myself on the wrong side here a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, and it, it's great for self-assessment yes, uh, and awareness level. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we want to also be able to be aware that we can change. Yes, Someone can be, I've been in temporary taker mode. Yes. I know what it's like to be there. But when we have the skill and we realize it, we observe it, we discern it, we say, you know, oh, yeah, I did that. I was in taker mode. I have to get out of temporary taker mode. And then they have a technique, a technology they can use, if you will, that gets them back into full-blown mode. And those are the people we want to have around us. So it's an ongoing thing. And, uh, you know, to be able to learn, what are the questions before I do something, before I make a decision, before I do an activity or have a deed, what are the four critical questions I should be asking myself that are going to give me what seems to others to have the ability to almost foresee what's going to happen, but it's just that I'm at a different awareness level. Yeah. And I can, by asking these questions, I can play it forward and say, okay, I can see how this is going to work out. And I don't want to be collateral damage with this, or I want to pull this person in closer. So we help teach people with what you really do with your podcast, Sarah. And that is we teach people how to build that community around them. The, the community of life of the same kind of people with the same kind of spirit that, and, and then we don't have to be looking over our shoulder. We don't have to be putting out the incredible amount of time stamping out fires. And we don't have to go through, you know, these gyrations of collateral damage all day long, simply because no one taught us how to discern. And we didn't even realize that this was something we could learn and it could be a skill and how it could impact the happiness level in our life. So we, we, we just love that we can share this. Right. And the important things is this, is that when you have a community where you're there, you know, I'm an advocate, so I advocate for, for people making a difference in the lives of others. But I know that a giver very often is so busy giving, they've forgotten to give to themselves and rejuvenate. And when you're in that wonderful circle, you can actually say to someone, you know, time, time to put that same energy on you. I can, I can feel you're overdoing it, or I can feel this, or I can feel that. You can talk to someone and, and be that reflection that they're not seeing of themselves and have them pause and stop and reflect and go, okay, I'm either becoming a taker or too much of a giver. I'm not replenishing myself. And you can do that from a place of love and not ridicule. And they will accept it from that place of love because that's the environment from which you in your own honorability and your own authenticity come from. So they know this isn't a ridicule. This is a wisdom that's being shared. And it is more likely to be accepted because of that rather than a taker will ridicule mm -hmm. and will demean and will pull you down because it makes them feel better. It makes them feel bigger. So it's having that community around you 
where you're all doing your own thing. It's as I say, every instrument in the orchestra is different, but everybody's in, instrument is important. And that harmony that you create together is so very important. And if somebody's playing, you know, off, don't ridicule them. It is revive them, reset them, renew them back onto that harmonious path because that's, you know, rejuvenate them. That's probably what they need. So well said. And and your podcast is a community. It is, is that most it? certainly. Yes. Yeah, most certainly. And and people of like mind and being able mm -hmm. to share and help each other. And when the more we discern, yeah. the more we build this community around us. And then when we have an off day, because everyone has them, but we have, we have so many people around us that are going to automatically, because they're giving and contributing all the time, as we do as well, it, it, it's we're always connecting to these other batteries getting this charge and yeah. we get this uh, uh, synergistic fact, you know, of the sum of the holes greater than some of the parts where, you know, everyone's working together. Yes. And you, you brought up a really interesting thing there in your comment you had mentioned about and it's actually one of the six arrows that we uh, give to people as a, a freebie that as a part of a downline after they do this quiz seven question quiz and, and it's called the six arrows that takers shoot. And one of them, you actually just said, and one of those arrows are takers will transfer from factual conversation to personal attacks. Mm -hmm. They can no longer have a conversation based on the facts or the information of the study. They have to switch gears. And when you see a taker switching gears and going into personal attack mode, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Those kinds of references, right? That's an arrow. Or you'll hear a, a taker say something like, well, it's just business. Mm -hmm. Well, I got news for you. When I hear that, Not I my start, kind of business. <laughs> I run the other way. Yeah, exactly. I say, <laughs> because what they really just told you was they were getting ready to take advantage of you and prepare for it. No well, ethics. You know how I prepare? For it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. You know how I prepare? I leave. Mm -hmm. That's how I prepare. I don't need to be there. And right. uh, and and so, the, when people learn these six arrows, they can say, "Man, this, I can see now." I got people shooting at me all day and I, I need to be avoiding these arrows. Um, and we'd like to share the quiz with people. They can go to it. They can love it. It's a seven question, five minutes or less, and they get a genuine assessment. Uh, the name of the quiz, if I can mention it, is called, what is your giver's taker's awareness IQ? What is your giver's taker's awareness IQ? Seven questions five minutes or less and the whole quiz is is just multiple choice you know guess which mm -hmm. one or do answer which one and there actually are different assessments based on their answers and we take a look at what is their awareness as it relates to what other people do mm -hmm. and then they get an assessment and then from that we give them immediately the six arrows of takers they can download it and it's actually in a checklist form they can look at it and then a couple of days later they can get the 25 dues it's two pages great excellent excellent checklist that says look for these things specifically these are not broad innocuous nebulous references when a person thinks this way and no no when you see this deed pay attention be aware discern observe and then respond in your life and Can so I add to that yes please don't try and rescue yeah yeah it's got to be their choice. Yes. Some people, some people need to take a mouthful of water in first. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so they would go to, by the way, givers, it's plural, www.giversuniversity.info. Giversuniversity.info. When they go there, they're actually on the first, they're on the first question. They're all, they're there. And seven questions, five minutes. They're going to, it's very thought provoking, especially what they'll receive after the fact, not only the assessment, but some of the subsequent downloads, we just give them, we give them to them because we want to walk our talk. And so giversuniversity.info, go there, do the quiz. You'll be so glad you did. And they'll learn all about Givers University and everything as well. And Sarah, you, you've got a great community you're building here. And, and I think you're really guiding people in a great way. And, and I think you're really helping them. And, you know, when a person has a life that is surrounded with the three Ds, and they feel all of a sudden they realize I am collateral damage all day long. I'm collateral damage. They need to hear the message. And I hope that they share your podcast with other people and, and put it on, you know, it's so easy to share on LinkedIn and YouTube and all these things today. So you can get it out there so easy and they should share it and 
build the community because when they do, they're building themselves too. And I hope they do that. You know, I always say that um, there are, you know, book clubs. I think there should be podcast clubs where you listen to For a sure. podcast and then you have a conversation. You know, what did you learn from that? What did you get out of that? What did it invite you to do? Because inspiration begets invitation. And, uh, you know, I encourage people to, to listen to the podcast with someone. Uh, or listen on your own and then get together and have a discussion about it. Um, I always believe there is a solution to every problem. And sometimes we can't see it because we're not in the right frequency or haven't put ourselves in the right place. Or maybe it's not the right time to see it. Maybe we have to take a few different steps before we do. But there is always a solution to a problem. Don't give up. Don't give in. You know, there's a, it's just a redirection. Uh, no matter what knocks you down. Don't let it keep you down. So, Even if you're shaky getting back up, get back up. <laughs> absolutely right. Absolutely right. And, uh, and, and, and so much of what you had just mentioned is tied up in asking the right question. Yes. The answers are always there. What happens is people ask the wrong questions. Yes. So when they're in the middle of an instance, and they don't know what to do. One of the first things they should ask themselves is what question do I need to be asking right now that I'm not asking? Yeah. And, and search for the right question. Because when we ask the right question, since our lives become self-fulfilling prophecies, that's what our lives are. Mm -hmm. They're self-fulfilling prophecies, literally. So when we ask the right questions, we will have the right answers. Most people live the wrong answers because through their life, they're asking, their, they ask the wrong question. Why am I always around the wrong people? Why do I always meet yes. the wrong people? The wrong pe and, and what happens is those are the questions they're asking. So their life is always giving them their answers. Yeah. And then they get the answer they do not want. And they're surprised when they get it. Exactly. Instead, how do I be around the right people? Exactly. You know, and then or, allow. You know. Or why is it that every time I turn around, I always have the right people in my life? Yes. See, I want to have that answer answered all day long, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And, and so thank you so much, uh, Sarah, for having me on your show. And it's such a blessing. And I think your show is just awesome. And we look forward to sharing it in every way that we can. And I hope that every single one of your listeners do the quiz. You owe it to yourself. It's mm -hmm. five minutes well invested in your own upskilling and self-growth. And it doesn't matter what the results are, because even if you come out as a taker, that is something you can correct. And that's and we guide you. them. We guide right. them. Exactly. Because, you know, a, a narcissist is somebody that has been neglected as a child and is constantly seeking that kind of approval and validation. And they don't care whose life they've sucked blood from in order to get it. Um, they can't help them. We can't help them until they wish to help themselves. The same like alcoholic, I have to admit. I am it. I'm an addict. I have to admit I'm it before you can get the help. And it's the same. If you find that you have come up more as a taker, it is merely a reflection of your lifestyle. Is that you as a person or is it what you've been conditioned to be as a form of survival? Mm -hmm. And there is always the way to change if you wish to. That the free will, the desire has to come from you. Absolutely. And when they do the quiz, it's, it's actually more of the awareness of other people. So mm. it's, even though it can be used for self-assessment. And so what we assess is their ability to look at other deeds and, 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 and to begin that awareness level with them. Because when we start to learn that, there's an automatic carryover into our own lives where now we can use this for self-assessment purposes as well. Um, but it's such worth the investment. And just knowing the six arrows is always an epiphany for people. They look at it and go, Oh, this is so, this breaks it right down. We like to break things down into where you can no longer say, well, how do I do that? Because or when you I didn't know, know. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, like now, you know, you know that, yeah. The, the, you're asking the right question, you know, that's, exactly right. that's the thing. And in every path that we take in life, you know, is it is up to us to walk it, but we don't have to walk it naked. We can have in our backpack, the knowledge and the wisdom, you know, that other people have acquired. And along the way, there's always going to be somebody that's going to impart some knowledge you need in your now, but you've got to be willing to receive it, then pass it on. It's not just for you, yourself, or mine. It's for you to be empowered in your own giving abilities to share it then with someone else. And that's what it's all about, being aware of the givers along the way um, and understanding there's always, there's always a giver around you. There's always, and you can always be a giver. 
It's just a question of choice. Wonderfully said, Sarah. Wonderfully said. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you very much for sharing. And please, folks, go to the site. Fill out that questionnaire. You're not going to lose anything for it. You've only got something to gain. And just being aware of, you know, the takers and the givers, um, how to recognize them. It is a wonderful way to avoid the catastrophes that can go on in your life of avoiding those. I can't, no, 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 no. You know where they're going, what they're doing is not for me. I'm going to align differently. And you have every right to align differently and choose the people around you that are of the same vibration. So please use this tool as an awareness tool that's going to help guide you forward to be more of a giver in your own life and in the lives of others. And until next time, bye for now, folks. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You will hear many, many shows here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.